Hello everybody, welcome back to the Friday Live broadcast. I got Matt Parker here with the Crucible Spire. Oh, let me mute this. Hold on just a moment. Oh, it's mute. There's sound coming everywhere. All right, let me fix that. Oh, wow, that's better. Um, I was doing a sound check earlier, forgot to turn off all the volume. But, um, yeah, we're trying to, to do... Why is that still doing it? There we go. Um, we're hoping that uh, we can get some of that worked out. There we go. Um, trying to, here comes Tim. Tim's coming in right now. We're live. This is live TV, y'all. Um, say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. All right. Trying to get where we can see your comments and things. Never want to see my comments before. You're right. I don't want to see your comments. I want to see their comments. But, man, we're glad to see you back. If there's anybody actually out there watching today. Um, got a lot going on. Uh, lots of announcements I want to make. Some things I want to show you. Uh, about upcoming events and stuff that's going on in the ministry. Hey, you wore your shirt today. I'm wearing a different shirt today. Let me see if I can get where you can see it. This it's is a company shirt. It's though. also a ministry shirt. Um I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But uh, I've got three computer screens, a telephone, and Tim. So bear with us a little bit as we kind of get started here. A um, couple of things before we get started, though, Tim, I want to talk about tomorrow night a little bit. Um, at the at the uh, Bridge Fellowship Church tomorrow night at 4 o'clock, we're going to be, Tim and I will be there uh, kind of hosting and uh, teaching at a, a event we're calling the Men's Night of Renewal. And uh, we're going to meet about 4 o'clock, and the whole night's going to be talking about, you know, God creating in us. Uh, that's our, you know, Psalm 51 is our, is our kind of our verse, a, a clean heart and, a, and a, a renewed heart and a right heart in us. But we're going to be talking about kingdom vision and what that looks like and how to, to see the kingdom in the world around us and, and kind of what that looks like. Um, I promise you it's probably not going to be like anything you've been to before. Um, I don't know what your expectations are, but it's going to be fun. We've got quite a few guys signed up. We're going to feed you dinner around 6 uh, 6.30 or so and uh, take a little break. And then we'll come back on Sunday morning for those that can around 8 o'clock and we'll serve you breakfast, have a time of fellowship and worship and uh, and prayer and time uh, recap and things like that. Uh, Tim, you want to say anything about tomorrow night? Uh, sorry, I'm still kind of shifting gears here a little bit. Um, it is going to probably not be like what you would expect for a men's retreat of sorts. You show up and you hear all these people speak and they speak really good things and all. Uh, this is going to be a lot more interaction uh, driven, I think. Uh, it's the idea. Yeah, and not like we're going to break off into small little groups and go try to do something, but just discussion on working about how we think what we think how we've drawn to those conclusions and then how god looks at it excellent i mean one of the things i want to talk about is is something the lord's we're pouring coffee so if you're joining us yeah. grab you a beverage um is this idea of challenging everything and you know i was talking with my dad yesterday tim that about challenging what we believe not to see if it's wrong, but to see why we hold those beliefs. Yeah. Um, you know, because everybody that believes something believes it because they've experienced it and they know it to be true, or because they've 
been told about it and they just respect the person that told them and they believe it you know or some combination of those two things or they've researched it and believe and respect the research and nine times out of ten i encounter people um in the church that we believe and we what we believe is right and good but we believe it because someone told us yeah and so we're going to talk we about believe the source yeah and that's not bad There's nothing wrong with There's that. nothing wrong with that um except for the fact that i've believed things over the years that weren't correct yeah, on the other side of this thing is that's what we're going to be talking a lot about. And we're not beating up how people think or how they get their knowledge. That's right. not the point of it. The point of it is is the patience of God working through you. Right. When you find out that what you thought was right, held on to right, has to be right. And then you find out it might be different than what you thought. And yeah. he's not waiting to crush you with that. He's It's how you grow in him. He's patient with those things to help lead you on through that. So right. So anyway, lots of things going to be we're going to be talking about tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. Actually, kind of looking at that in chapter five. Right? Yeah, it, we really we really are. We'll get to that in a minute. But I've got some announcements to make. Again, I don't know if anybody's really online with us today. Well, they'll watch it later. Um, but uh, we've got a lot going on in the ministry right now, and it's kind of happening quickly. Um, and that's a good thing. I mean, God's just really doing some stuff. I'm going to share some stuff with you. Um, sometime, I'm hoping, in the next few days. Uh, I thought it was going to happen today, but it doesn't work that way. Um, we are going to have a ministry app that will be live in both the Google Play Store and the uh, iTunes App Store. Um, again, I thought it was going to be live today, but we just got it submitted for review today. I didn't realize there was a... It's about a five- to seven-day process, so... Over the next few days, be watching our channels, you know, Facebook and things like that. We'll be sending out links and letting everybody know when it's ready. I'm going to show you. We've got a mock-up of it here. If I can actually, maybe can you can actually see it. This is what the app will look like um, in the App Store or once it's it's downloaded. And uh, it's going to have lots of things in there. Like, I mean, there's actually videos on there uh, with kind of an introduction to our How to Study the Bible course. It's not a full thing. It's just kind of a, a teaser, really. Um, online study Bible links to the website um, there's also you can actually listen to our Spotify embers and sparks our Spotify our latest one will show up in the app and one of the things I'm excited about is you can actually see if I can make this not make noise you can actually watch our live stream in the app that's us right there in the app mock up going down I maybe you don't geek out like I do about tech but I think that's pretty cool um, Lots of things like when we have events, you'll be able to uh, actually come in here, log in, and register for events and let us know. You can actually go in there and book us to come speak um, at your church or at your your group or whatever. You know, you can you can book us to come in and share our vision and our ministry with you. Um, this is phase one of a big project, and uh, that I believe the Lord kind of gave me really a couple of years ago. But when we came back from Mexico. Um, I really, really had a passion for this project. Um, when we were in Mexico, we were doing the training there. Uh, we were do we, we called it pastoral training. A lot of times people think we're going down there to train these people to be pastors. That's not the case. Um, these were seasoned veterans. We were just down there giving them tools and teaching them how to use tools. That was, that was really it. Um, but it was revolutionary for many of them. They've never had any opportunities like that. And um, what we found was uh, that they have access to electronics but not the internet and so 
anything that we would like in the United States, it's hard for us to imagine. I mean, Tim, we are the most connected in I mean people in the world. I mean, you in, on my phone, I've got forget the scrolls of Alexandria. I've got everything that's ever been known to man on my phone. Literally in my yeah. pocket. Or or can find it. It's kind of made us lazy. It's it has made us lazy. Well, also in the respect that because you can look up something instantaneously and get the entire history of it in three or four or five minutes. Right. But now it's almost like you know it's there, so you don't do it. Mm. <laughs> right. And so what we are endeavoring to do is to find... Is that your son yes. mowing? He wanted to start right here, didn't he? <laughs> God love him. He's mowing my yard. I don't care. Um, but uh, we were endeavoring to, to come up with an idea and a, and a way... To provide search materials um, through the Olive Tree Bible app, uh, or through an A Bible app, that the pastors could use offline, um, without carrying big books around and stuff like that. And um, uh, honestly, we searched through some of the major Bible uh, app programs like Logos and things like that, and no one was doing that. Actually, there's only one company and that is Olive Tree that's actually fully doing a searchable, um, offline-capable Bible app. And so our desire was to begin to develop an app that, that we could distribute. Um, that's going to be a big phase two, phase three kind of a function. But right now, we're releasing the ministry app, which will give us the ability, which I don't guess I realize, but this thing will be available in 176 countries. We'll be able to keep contact. You can message us back and forth on our ministry app. Ask us Bible study questions directly. Um, and it's even faster to push notifications to notify people of things. We're going to be excited about that. But the big deal is, is we're working to provide Android tablets um, to the pastors in Mexico preloaded with Strong's you know, Concordance, Vine's Expository Dictionary, the Strong's Linked Bible, and our app. And uh, they can download those in a central location that we'll, we'll bring them to, teach them how to use it, and then they'll have all of those study tools with them offline. So when their internet, they don't have internet connectivity except for in certain places, but when they get out into their villages and their homes, they'll be able to actually still access all of those, uh, those resources. So that's kind of the vision of where we're headed right now. We're working on a budget for next year to hopefully get to go uh, back and do a couple of trainings next year. We've got quite a few pastors kind of just waiting for us to come down there and, and help them. So we're going to be partnering with you, uh, hopefully, uh, over the next little bit. Um, one of the things that, that I'm looking for are what I'm going to call them, uh, ministry ambassadors, people to help us to spread the word of the ministry, to get our name out there, um, and to, to help us talk about this project. And so um, if you're watching this and you're interested in being an official, you know, Crucibles Fire ambassador, there's, there's some things that, that that means that we would, would want you to do with us and partner with us about. Um, just send us an email, send us a message. In a couple of days, you could message us on the app. Um, uh, but or you know if you know it's Texas whatever and uh, we'll we'll get with you and I'll I'll let you know what that means. Um, but I, we're really pushing uh, to get this project rolling um, because we can't always go back. We we're only gonna be able to go back so much. Duty taxes on books and now there's gonna be a need for still for that and there's we're actually talking with some of the distributors about 
figuring out a way to get them in Mexico instead of taking them down. And by the way, I didn't update you on that. I think we, we found a distributor in Mexico for the actual books. Oh, cool. And so we don't have to pay duty taxes. Um, but one of the interesting things I wanted to share about that is I've been talking with developers, software developers, um, big name people from Blue Letter Bible, Olive Tree, Logos. I mean, I've been, I've been talking with them and here's what they, I keep hearing on repeat from people. Nobody's doing what you're doing. What people are doing is providing online access to everything, which is fantastic. That's really amazing. But in places where there's no connectivity, they're getting left behind. And so we want to address that need, and we are. Uh, <clears throat> part of the way we're going to need to do that is, is funding. It's going to cost. Um, I, this is my product spot you're going to want. This is my Vanna White moment. Um, if you want to go on our website, we've got about three new products available on the website. All the proceeds uh, go to this project. Um, every dollar that comes in uh, will go uh, straight into developing and deploying materials into the hands of people that need them. Uh, one of the things is, is this shirt that I'm wearing is Kingdom is Greater Than Kingdoms. You'll see these floating around every now and then. You can actually just go on the website and order them. We've already had a couple of those uh, be ordered. Um, you can get yourself a, an official Crucibles Fire coffee cup. Everybody needs one of those. Um, product shot. Um, or uh, we've got a water bottle. Um, one of those vacuum pack jobs. Now, again, what's the purpose behind all this? It's twofold. We want to get our name out there. We, we want to build uh, uh, some presence and get some, some support for this particular mission. Now, I want to reiterate, Tim and I don't take a dime from the ministry. Uh, not not one red cent and everything that the, that is produced in the ministry goes straight into the projects straight into the podcast or the equipment or the materials uh, most everything right now is going towards the Mexico mission so um, it's don't worry about oh well, they're just trying to get rich off of merchandise no we make like a buck <laughs> so but every dollar helps and uh, we just want to get our, our name out there and help uh, to for people to see what we're doing and we you and I actually pay a lot of money into the ministry to, we do. to get things done. So we got skin in the game. We do. We do. And, and, and that's okay, but we just don't have that much skin. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're asking you to partner with us. And, um, and I will say this, this shirt, this is the prototype that the, the company sent us, you know, for the, for the web store. It's soft and comfy. You know, some of the t-shirts you get are kind of rough and itchy. This one's comfortable, and I kind of feels like a warm hug. Thank you for that. Your bet. Um, but man, let's jump into Romans five. I'm ready. Let's let's do that. I, but I did, man. There's just so much going on. You're going to be seeing a lot more. Uh, honestly, um, I've got some meetings with some some people. I'm hoping to see us really ramp this project up. So keep keep your eyes and ears open. Uh, last week we were in Romans five. You weren't here last week, were you? No. Um, I was in Romans. I was in Romans five last week with you, and talking about endurance, which was interesting because that Sunday, Patrick, our good buddy Patrick McGee, preached a blazing sermon at the Bridge Fellowship um, on endurance. And we we talked last week in the first five verses of, of Romans about endurance. And I want to I want to cover like verse six through eleven uh, today. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily doing you know an expository, but there's just it's a it's a good section, uh, I think to jump into because the last section 
uh, might take us a little bit longer and and i don't know that we've got that much time to do both but we, we'll just see what happens um do you want to do you want to start today or well why don't you start up i i didn't even get to watch what you did last time i mean other than what uh, oh the reading. truth the yeah. truth comes out tim doesn't the even watch our coming. podcast no see now that's misconception <laughs> right there i watch all of them but this i haven't true. watched that one this is so, true he's always telling me hey i watched dog. it but uh this is so, how the media get oh that was wrong yeah don't don't, don't go there okay romans 5 what I here's just how I study. Here's how I, I was talking with someone just the other day, and they, they were asking me for much, some material and some help on something. And I was like, I don't know how you study, but here's what I got. Right. Here's how I do it. I read through, and I, I I really do break down thoughts verse by verse, and then I go back and try to tie them together. In verse six, though, hung me up because of the statement that's made in verse six. He says, "For and if you've been around church very long, you know this verse." He says, "For while we were still helpless." At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. What is the New American Standard? How does it read? It says the same thing. Same thing. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. I was I was preaching at a church a couple of weeks ago, and I made a statement, and I got some really weird looks from people. And I'm going to say it again, and I want you to hear my heart, and then let me explain before you cut off the broadcast. Um, that and the statement I made was is that the American dream has the potential to be one of the most dangerous things for the church in America that it ever has been. And some people were like, "What?" And I said, "Let me explain because it's also been our freedom has been very influential in the spreading of the gospel, and I don't want to minimize that. But as Western American individuals, we have this idea really that we're never helpless that we can do anything we we can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and and there's a lot of maybe truth in that and actually one of the things i said was that works really well for capitalism it is true but it's not always the best approach for the kingdom because we forget how helpless we are without christ and Maybe that was a shock factor thing to just kind of get people to jolt and think about something. But it brings me back to it when I get into this verse. Because for me, growing up in the Lord and, and coming to know Him, I really felt like, no, though it wasn't explicitly told to me at any point in time, I really felt like um, that there were a certain series of steps that I had to do in order to win God's favor yeah. and be saved. We could call it work salvation, but I, I didn't it wasn't like I felt like I needed to be good enough. It was just even to the point of there were just a series of steps that if I didn't do them just right, you know, it was like a magic key. And well that's a linear gospel. It is. And it, exactly, it's not an eternal view at all. But when I get into Romans 5:6 and it starts talking about the fact that when we were helpless we were dead in our trespasses and sins, the Bible says. That Christ died for the ungodly. There's this weird, to me, it was weird intersection of an equation between my helplessness and the fact that I'm ungodly. Because <laughs> I wanted to say, while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the helpless. But that's not what it says. Yeah. He says he died for the ungodly, which is indicting to me. 
because he's like, not only are you helpless in your salvation, you needed Jesus to die for you, you're also terribly ungodly. And by the way, you're in the target of all that wrath that's coming from Romans 1. And he, so what that means relative to the other chapters that were in here is that he's not, he, he's pointing a broad finger in that. Right. The people that are just out and out look at God and say, heck with you, I know who you are, but I'm not interested. But he's also talking to the ones who live inside the religious lives that are very judgmental and very pointed, but they themselves may be hypocrites. Right. And so the outside people look at that and say, that's what the church is, and I don't want any part of it. And he's saying, that ain't the church. Right. You're as ungodly as the other bunch is. Yeah, because he, he actually covers that in yeah. Romans 3. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that's good. So, yeah, verse 6. One thing about studying verse to verse or word to word, because it, the word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews tells us, you can get into a... Uh, you can live right there in that verse and on those words sometimes, especially if you have knowledge on a broader sense of the scriptures and the kingdom, and you can almost start making things what they're not, and you lose the context of the things before it and after That's it. Right. And so you can almost go on your own little journey, and if you're used to, I'm not beating you up for going verse to verse. I do it too. This is exactly how I study. And so I'm starting to try to figure out, okay, what do you mean by, you know, that that Christ died for the ungodly. And I just live there and I try to soak on that. When all I got to do is kind of go up a few verses and back a yeah. few chapters and it goes, oh, okay, now I see what he's talking about. Right. Well, and that's one of the things we try to teach people to do when they're studying is at a minimum read the whole chapter before you even try mm -hmm. to start dissecting well, something. Well, I'm talking about even when you do all that. I think it's human nature. Yeah. You can get lost True. in the sea of what you're looking at right there in front of your face and you lose the outside perspective. Yeah. Uh, short story on that. The reason I'm beating this up is because this is the kind of stuff I've been studying for Saturday. Uh, and it, it is relative to where we're at. So we're driving over here and, and you know, to make me famous on the podcast, y'all don't know <laughs> this, Matt makes me have to come and mow his yard. Not really. That's <laughs> such a... Don't listen to this guy. It's the only way I can get notoriety. Uh, so... Uh, Jesse, my son's out mowing the yard right now. And so we were driving over here, and he was talking about how he went to help some neighbors mow some hay. My son is not a farm boy. He hasn't driven much anything. And they knew that when they took him. But they showed him how to do it, and he mowed this huge field of hay by himself and did it really well. Way to go. But for those of you that mow hay, this mower sticks off one side of the tractor, and if you turn the wrong way, it binds up and it'll it'll catch the wheel and it'll really mess things up. Well, he mowed this big field and he made a left turn that he shouldn't have made. Well, so the, the guy he was working with got all locked up in the fact that he made the left turn and forgot about the 100 acres he'd just mowed for him, way more than what he thought he was gonna get mowed. And he just, he couldn't get off of that. Yeah, That's human nature, that's my point of it. I'm not talking about the guy being ugly as Jesse, that's not the point. But are, in doing this, you can focus on one thing, even with all your knowledge and understanding and all that stuff, because it's human nature, and you got to shake it out of your head. This this is me talking to myself. Right. I got to shake it out of my head and go back and look, and that's what makes it really explode and go wow. That's right. Cool. Anyway, sorry. Well, 
again, this whole passage is he's been coming up to this point going, by the way, if you think you're awesome and you deserve a spot in heaven, you don't. <laughs> that, that's my summary of the first three or four chapters of Romans. Um, and then he's talking about faith. We talked about that last week, you know, how, where faith wins and faith brings endurance. And part of the reason that it that he's just talking about in the first few verses that endurance brings hope, and that hope is not disappointing. Yeah. And we can we can stay at this. You know, they have these little divisions in our Bible called pericopes, and there's those are man-made; those are not breaks in the script necessarily. And so you kind of got to make sure you squeeze all those together. Those are for our deal. But the like the very next thought is, is the reason that that hope doesn't disappoint us. It's because the hope is in the work that Jesus did while we were still out here ungodly, being religious, doing what we think we're, we're supposed to be doing. And he's like, yeah, I know you're screwed up. I'm going to die for you anyway. Yeah. And verse 7 says, for rarely will someone die for a just person. No, for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. Here's, I was thinking about that. I was like, that's so Pauline to me. You know, he says something like, well, well, maybe not exactly. You know, it's kind of what the feel. But rarely will someone die for a just person. And here's the, the analogy. If you said there's this kid out there, he's an innocent child, and he's in danger. And to save him, you're going to have to die. I mean, I know a lot of people that would be like, okay, the kid's worth it. You know, they're just a, they're innocent. They don't know. But for you to say, yeah, but then there's this convicted murderer perpetrator you know he's just this awful person he's barabbas mm -hmm. you know and to save him you've got to die what he's saying here is is people ain't gonna do that yeah, yeah no, they might they might will they will not but it, it is uh rare he says it is rare in their extenuating circumstances it's actually quite common what do you mean So in combat environments, military, not all military, when you're in a hot environment, you work and you train with people, and people are people, so inside of a given unit of people in the military, inside their own little world of however many people that is, some get along, some don't get along, some hate one another, some love the other. It's all the same dichotomy that you see with any group of people. However, the undertow of the training that they do is always to, uh, to be able to achieve uh, X-type mission. And, and you train other things, how to do medical things, how to do things immediately because under the circumstances something immediate may need to be done and you do what you can and you move on to get the mission done. When the bullets actually start flying, the person that you just despise the most whether you've vocally done that or it's just something that you grind on the inside and never let out, you'll expend yourself for them. I'm not saying 100% of the time, but it's kind of like learning the things of the Scripture and the, and, and the things of the Kingdom. It's not a wasted effort to read those things, even if they're interpreted wrong. Mm. It's not a waste to learn those things and see them, even if they get interpreted wrong. Because the kingdom is going to work whether it's interpreted right or not. That's the faith that we were talking about in Abraham in the last chapter. He just believed God. Right. Even though 
and and whatever evidences were procured there and the things that had happened in the past he he believed without being able to articulate completely what that was which is why sarah offered up hagar and they tried to do his promise on their own right and and that was a wrong thing to do and we beat that up and you don't do those kind of things but just put yourself back where they were at i think even sarah was trying to help him realize the dream whether she believed it or not yeah our wives do that with us sometimes even if it's a wrong thing to do or i do it with them too and so uh all the things in the in the scenario i was telling you the training how to do it how to do the weapons how to do the tactics and you drill 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 and how to put tourniquets on and you actually do it and stick needles and those kinds of things when you're tired and wore out and you're at your absolute physical limit that's how you train you train like yeah. a fighter so they say and then when you actually get in the hot environment, you say, well, that's just reaction that takes over. In my experience with people in police work and stuff, it's the same thing in police work. Work with smaller teams, and there's people I didn't like for character issues or whatever. But when we got in the places where it was dangerous, you stepped in front of things for them. Whether you thought it was because it's what you're supposed to do, I think it's an innateness of of eternal love is what I think it is. Or at least that's the way I felt like it. And reciprocal, not just what I did. People I knew that could just as soon spit on me as look at me, they protected me in those environments. Yeah. And so does it change the demeanor between you? Maybe not how you feel about them as you sit and you discuss it, but there is something deeper of brotherhood that's born yeah. in that thing. You can hate your brother, but they're still your brother. Right. Well, and, and I would imagine, especially on the other end of that, is if someone is sacrificing for you, whether you maybe you don't reciprocate their care for them either, there's a bond that's made, um, knowing that they would, would take the bullet for you or whatever. Well, it is. That's the brotherhood. That's the... Yeah. Hollywood and all that speaks of brotherhood and stuff, but they don't have a clue what that is. And they really don't emulate it well. It's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. It seems like I'm chasing a rabbit, but I'm not. Even like movies where they talk about these guys that came back from war scenarios and they're just beat up in their PTSD and they live like, you know, holes in the ground somewhere. 99% of the people that endured that kind of PTSD and that kind of stuff didn't come back like that they had problems and troubles and you had the one out of tens of thousands that might actually do that kind of stuff the rest of them battled and fussed through it and i'm sure as people if they were listening to this veterans and stuff may jump up and go, you don't know what you're talking about well i do and i'm not condemning the ones that have struggled at all i do understand that but i'm talking about the ones who struggle with it but they know that there is better and different and their spirits have been ripped. Mm. That's why they're having the PTSD. Because the spirit never forgets that stuff. That's the eternal thing that's been ripped up. And that's what causes the issue and the problems. And so when you're talking about Abraham who just believed God, he, it was all the stuff that was underlying. And the same thing happens to the spirit when they see kingdomly things. When it sees kingdomly things, it remembers that. And we'll try to explain it off and all that kind of stuff. But that's not that's not the deal of it. And so there's always this tension of... It comes down to the point of faith. Faith is just accepting what he says it is and what it does. And then the evidence you see that you can't articulate, but you 
You know what's there. You know what's eternal. And then the, the later on in chapter six, it kind of talks about that stuff. You know, Adam's the father of all the fallen, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, uh, I was going somewhere else with that to finish it off. Um, the spirit ripping is where you were. Yeah. So the ugly things in this life that are mortal and linear in the ugly things of combat that you see for instance and it happens in uh uh if you live in a very abusive relationship yeah. that kind of stuff because marriage was intended to be forever it was built that way and when you have mass abuses or divorce or those kinds of things even if the divorce is justified that really throws some theologians mm -hmm. off. It's still like dropping a rock in a pond and those waves go out and it affects people and things and times around you that you never thought that it could. And everybody's soul through that thing is ripped. Yeah. And they remember it. And so that's that's the PTSD thing that comes out through the end of that. It is a spiritual function. Yeah. Through all of that. And I started preaching, and I wasn't even trying to do that. Um, <laughs> in chapter 3, it talks about Christ was a propitiation. Mm. All that ugliness and sin, willful stuff. Even Christians do willful, right. ungodly stuff, which is kind of what he's talking about here. Well, I'm getting ahead of it. You said verses 6 through 11? Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, it is in 6 through 11. Yeah. Verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved, saved from the wrath of God through him. For if we... Yours made, I want you to read yours in verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God... And the sentence before that basically says he did the reconciling. Right. While we were enemies. Right. Right. <laughs> what? I've never been an enemy of God. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and that's that's just it. Is enemy and ungodly go together? They do. They go to, and that was kind of the, the, exactly the direction I was heading. Is is we we don't like to think of ourselves as enemies to God. And I've said this to to churches before. Nobody that's sitting in that church is going to be like. Oh, yeah, I hated God. Even before we came to know Him. I mean, I was in church. My family was in church. I, I didn't hate God. I mean, there are people that would say, Oh, I hated God and I came to know Him. But that wasn't my story. I mean, I was just didn't know who He was. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't Him. But the Scriptures declare that I was His enemy. And, and I was ungodly. And because I was ungodly, I was hostile to Him in my spirit. And I couldn't help it. It's just the way things. It is just the way that things exist since, and it's what he's going to talk about later. Since the fracture of the fall. Well, so hostilities can be. We'll leave it in church terms. You love you love God. You study. You go to church. You love the brethren being around you. And then there's that one person over there that either did you wrong or did your mom and dad wrong or Hatfield and McCoy kind of thing or whatever it is. And there's that. Well, I wouldn't. Maybe you wouldn't call it hate. But that's what it is. And you may never say anything about it. 
And you may know that that's what it is, but you're, you're not going to have anything to do with them if you don't want to. You don't have to. That's an enemy of God. Yeah. By Jesus' own mouth. Yeah. If you've done it in your heart. You've done it. It's done. Well, and I think the thing that I want to, I mean, we're getting down to probably having to wrap this up, but the thing I want to really draw out about this passage is going back to Romans 3, as good as we actually may be, let's just say we are doing good things. Outside of Christ, we are unrighteous, unholy, ungodly, and an enemy of God. And he, he wants to paint that picture not as a, as a beatdown, but as a platform to understand how good the grace is and how, how awesome his justification through his blood is. Because he's like, yes, you are and were all of those things. But I, but he still died for you in that state. Yeah. You while you were still, and it's like, think of the, and I always tell people this: think right now if you're watching, think of the the person, whether you actually know them or not, that you hate the most. I mean, you wouldn't spit on them if they were on fire. And I, I did this, to, I said this to a group one time, and somebody was sharing with me afterwards. They were actually thinking about their abuser. It was a physical abuse situation. And and I said, put yourself in a situation to where you feel love for that person so deep that you'd give your life for them. And I said, that's the relationship he's painting in this text. We were enemies with God. We were uh, not just ambivalent. He calls us ungodly enemies. That's what he calls us. So if you're out there thinking, well, that's not me, read your text. God's calling us before Christ ungodly enemies. And he said, because he went to the lengths that he went to, to reckon... Well, even for reference for that, the last person that was not ungodly and an enemy was Adam. Right. Outside of Jesus. You gotta think before the fall, Yeah. there is a capability there, but after that, there is no capability. Right. We're just busted. And he ends up this little section with, and, and there's several times in this passage he uses this phrase, and not only that. Yeah. He's like, not only did he come for us while we were not just goofballs, not just knuckleheads, not just screw-ups, ungodly enemies of God. He came and he died for us. And he says, not only that, in other words, not only will we be from the wrath thing, and, and not only have we been reconciled, <laughs> I don't know if y'all can hear that. Three and a half acres, <laughs> three and a half acres, and during the podcast, he's going to mow right here by the by the building. And not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And I don't even have time to get into Second yeah. Corinthians five, uh, and maybe we will next time about the ministry of reconciliation. But he's saying because he did that for you. Because he reconciled us, we now have received that reconciliation. In other words, he's like, you couldn't do anything. You were so jacked up. I came, I died for you, and I brought you in. Let the mower pass. <laughs> like trying to talk to people in, in an airport. Uh, yeah, airport. <laughs> um, but uh, And then we find in Second Corinthians that he gave us the same ministry of reconciliation. And so by example... He takes a lot of time in Romans 1 through 5 to paint the picture of where we are and what he did to get us to where he wants us to be. Um, which is all by his hand, all by his work, brings us out of this death 
ungodly enemy state of, of God through the death of Christ, he brings us into a reconciled, which means it's like in a marriage if you were breaking up and then you got back together <coughs> and things were just as they always have been, maybe better. And Well, but it, later it... So there is a reason for this because it comes back and tells us that there's no reason now that you if, you if you grasp that that God went through that kind of stuff he was righteous and didn't have to do it but he, right. he did it that now that you from the top of, of chapter 5 where it says uh, in verse 3 and not only this but we also exalt in our tribulations we're going through tribulations right now yeah Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Yeah. Those same kind of things are talked about in Second Peter uh, chapter 1. The point is, is that when you just believe and God begins to do things, you begin to take that and see the ungodliness in yourself, and you begin to address that. You have the capa cap capacity... capacity to address that, and later on, I think it's in Ephesians, it talks about taking those things captive, mm -hmm. recognizing what they are, and say, uh, no, nah, that's the ungodly stuff. Get out of here. Yeah. And now, you bring that same thing to the ones that don't get it yet. Right. And you accept them like you're seeing them as a creation of the Lord, and what it can be, I guess. That same, mm. boy, that's just optimism. No, it's not. Well, and in, in to wrap it up, I was having a conversation yesterday with somebody, um, and we were talking about the whole mask versus don't mask, vaccine versus... One of the only things that's actually, in my view, coming out of a lot of it is, is division. You got the pros hating the cons, and the cons hating the pros, and lots of lines are being drawn. And... <clears throat> I actually heard somebody, you know, say, you know, someone times, but this person or that person or that group, they they actually are my enemy. They want to kill us. They want to hate. I said this last week. They want our demise, and I want to encourage everybody that may be true. But we have instructions on how to deal with our enemies. Yeah. With people who want us to die, who want us to annihilate it even, and it's based on the fact that you were also an enemy to God. And he walked across the street of death, walked up to the cross, and died for you and me while we were still enemies to him. Yeah. We didn't get to be friends, and then he said, okay, you can have my salvation. You came down in the right invitation, the right verse of just as I am, and you did it. You said the prayer. While we were still his enemy, he died for us. And so it just makes sense for us to have the same compassion against our own enemies. Well, and I kind of, I guess the opposite end of that, all of that's true, and that's what we should aspire to. The reality of it is, is we think that when we actually see the things of the kingdom, and they make perfect sense to us, and we start to live them, we have an expectation of what the end result's supposed to be. <laughs> right. And that's not wrong, really. However, things are measured from an eternal view. Unfortunately, we have a hard time living in that because eternal view goes way past us in this life. But it's the same thing of being able to see somebody from a kingdom perspective, regardless how messed up they are or how messed up they do it or if they spit on you, beat you up or kill you or whatever. 
That doesn't change what they are in the creation. Right. And that's the godly and the ungodly. That's the difference of vision. And so, uh, even in our churches and in our directions of raising our family, I've been around long enough, my kids are old enough, and here's our two. It's just an example. We're talking about tribulation here and the things that we're going to go through. You can do everything right with your kids, and then when they get out on their own, they can do something completely different. And all kinds of swirls of emotion come over you. Well, I did it wrong, or God's not who he says he is, or, you know, all the pity party stuff that goes on around that. That's exactly what he was going through emotion-wise. Yeah. <laughs> when Jesus was getting beat to death and put on a cross, uh, my point is, is that if you believe God... You persevere and deal with it anyway, no matter how much retribution you get out of it. Right. That is where the rubber meets the road, and it is hard to do. Yep. But that's what Abraham did when he believed. Yeah. He got all kinds of grief out of, what was his son's name? Isaac. Isaac, no, the other one. Um, From Hagar. Uh, Ishmael. Ishmael. Loved Ishmael. Ishmael was his son, and he could see the eternal things in Ishmael, but... Abraham and Sarah's whole life got messed up after that. Yeah. But yet they still persevered because of what God said, and the other thing was happening at the same yeah. time. They endured. Just they like endured. It. Yeah. And did what's called here, proven character. All that, we know that because we hold Abraham up as this great follower uh, uh, to, to, to follow and be. I can't think of the word that I'm calling. But mentor. Yeah, mentor's a good one. Uh, so that's why I'm saying don't get lost in the soup in the right now when things are really getting messy. Yeah. Yeah. Persevere through that. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's just the encouragement for me out of this is as bad as it seems, he's got a plan and he's he knows the end from the beginning and you may be an ungodly enemy of God, but there's still hope even for you. I mean, it's kind of like, you know. Well, and people may be sitting there going, well, he's talking to those people. No. In your walk with God, you it may hit you by a sermon or something you read or whatever. You're going to go, oh, that's me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, well, it's time to go. Um, I don't want to go. I know. I just got here. Well, we're going. So don't forget, uh, be watching. Uh, I'll let you know. Be watching our social media channels for when the app comes out. And here's what I need you to do. When, in, when you see that... Go download that thing, whether you're on an iPhone or a Google Play. Go ahead and download that app. Give us a rating. I mean, do all the interaction you can do with it. It helps us with the algorithms. Um, but it's also going to help us stay connected with people. Um, one of the functions I see for that is for us to be able to be super connected with the people down in Mexico um, and with people everywhere and, and stay in contact as a ministry um, to help us. And if you're interested in what I'm going to call being an ambassador with us and helping us to spread this project that we're working on to put study materials in the hands of people that need them. Uh, just contact us and we'll get you on board with that. We'll get you a shirt. Well, but, and in terms of we're talking about what we want to do for these people and that kind of stuff, this is not something that's been thought of and we hope it works. Right. We are in contact with these people. Right. These people are telling us, based off what we did, how impactful it was, and we're working together on trying to make it as good as we can to get it as many as we can with right. the least amount of money. Uh, so 
this is a work that's actually happening. It's it, not something that we hope is going to happen. It is happening, and, and actually the rollout of this app is is literally proof. This is this is phase one. This is like the the first step um, in proof of concept of getting getting the connectivity down there and getting the things done. And we've got app developers online. We've got there are triggers ready to be pulled, and uh, and and are being pulled. Yeah, this is not concept. This is happening. So we want to partner with you and. And hope that you can do that. You got anything else before we go? That's it, brother. All right. Guys, we appreciate it. We thank you. Uh, join us next week. Be sure to like us, subscribe, do all the social media stuff that you're supposed to do. Hey, and guess what? We have a TikTok now. Oh, <laughs> we have a TikTok. Go find us on TikTok. We'll be putting some videos up soon. I'm going to make him make one. We'll talk to you all later. Bye.